Happy Sunday. This is a Sunday morning with the Elohim. That's how we call it. We gather here on a conference call, simulcast with this radio show. Thank you for joining and checking it out. We have been free with us, and we have a whole group of people that have been involved with what has been coming forth through particularly Terry Brown, our dear sister, with sources that claim to be sources from another density. So this has been going on for many years. And um, check it out, kick the tires, see if it resonates with you. But there are many who do. So, check it out, please. Wynn, are you here with us? I am here. Excellent. I don't think Jackie is here today, right, this morning. So, Wynn, I'm gonna, you want me to keep the phone lines open or you want to mute the phone lines? Keep them open for a moment. Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to start the recorder now, and it is um, October 8th. Here we go. The recording has started. Good morning, everybody in the world. This is October 8th, 2023. My name is Wynn Free, and as Heisen is saying, in 2002, my partner woke me up and said, get a tape recorder out. A voice came through her that said, ask us questions. And I was perplexed. I didn't know what it meant, but I started asking questions like, who are you? Why are you talking to me? Um, and I was mistrustful. I'm always mistrustful about things until I understand them. In any case, they said they were the Council of Elohim. When I looked up the word Elohim, it was one of the words for God in the Old Testament. It was the name the Mormons used for God. And I asked them, are you the same Elohim? And they said, we're part of the same. And I said, why are you talking to me? And they said, you're like a cosmic midwife. You know how to bring this into the world. And you don't have ego about it. So I didn't believe them. I didn't know how to bring it into the world. I didn't even know if they were who they said they were. But I said, I'll keep monitoring this, and, uh, and if it's true, it's going to prove itself to me. And I've asked thousands and thousands of questions uh, in sessions with them, and they gave the wisest, most amazing answers to my questions. And then people started having miracles, sometimes little miracles, sometimes big miracles, sometimes phenomena in the world, sometimes unexpected healings. And uh, over a period of a few years, I said, I think they're who they say they are. And... Um, but I still didn't know how to put it into the world. And 
I had been talking to Don Newsom at BBS Radio, and I told him my story, and he said, when? That's the most far out story I ever heard. And uh, you want to you show on BBS Radio? And I said, no. <laughs> I didn't know what to talk about. And uh, eventually, I got a show. And eventually, I started putting these conversations I was having, I started having them live. And and we still do we still do that, okay? And um, it's been going on for twenty years. And the thing about it is, you don't have to believe in God to discover our work or to believe in it. In fact, I prefer you don't. I prefer you just stay open-minded and. Approach it in the same way I did, which is, if this is true, it will prove itself to me. And as it has for a number of people who know that it's real. So who is God? Well, over the history of mankind, many entities have been labeled as God. Some of them negative, some of them using the ability to get people to give up their personal power by believing in God. Some of them are positive and trying to make a contribution to this realm. And one of the things I learned, there are many beings who have identified themselves with God who misled people in order to control them. And, and then, this is an interesting thing I've learned. At the highest levels of the universe, there are groups. They identify themselves as group energies that can do phenomena, can do interventions, and that are very positive and are not pleased with the way the universe has gotten corrupted, and particularly our planet. And anyone who studies anything about alternative news these days is well aware that there are many forces at play in controlling our planet that do not have our highest good, don't have regard for our highest good. They are have an agenda. And uh, one of their agendas is to reduce the population. And some of the things that have happened in our world recently are a result of that agenda. And we don't talk about that 
both agendas, but if you go on these alternative news sites or video sites like Rumble or BitChute, Rumble.com, BitChute.com, they put up videos that are uncensored. And if this is new to you, this idea that we lived in a corrupted planet with negative beings wanting to reduce the population, you can find out if it's true because there's a huge amount of evidence that it's true, but it's not going to be in the mainstream news. So you have to do your own research on it. One of the pioneers of what I term interdimensional communication is a lady by the name of Carla Ruckert. And um, on this call, we are going to play one of my interviews with her that happened, I think, in 2010. She became a regular on our call. And in fact, she became my co-host on this particular call, our Sunday replay, where it was a Sunday call where we talked to the Elohim. And usually we play sessions of Terry Brown uh, with the Elohim. And today I'm going to play the session of Carla Ruckert. And um, Carla Ruckert channeled another group soul that has been a major influence on our realm. It's not in high density as the Elohim. And it's a group of beings that had physical incarnations on the planet Venus hundreds of thousands of years ago and graduated from Venus when Venus went through what they called an ascension cycle. Now, our planet is going through an ascension cycle right now. So the difference between Ra and the Elohim one major difference is the Ra group has the memory of all their lifetimes on planet Earth. Not on planet Earth, on, in this realm, mostly in Venus. And uh, they figured out how to graduate. And the Elohim, by and large, haven't had bodies, haven't had to graduate from this realm. It remained in the higher realms, and the Elohim's knowledge of everything is vicarious from observing it. And the Ra's knowledge is experiential. So they have certain wisdoms that the Elohim doesn't have. And uh, we have been talking to both of these groups for quite a few years through Terry Brown. And Terry Brown has passed. She passed about a year ago. And then she started talking to us through, I started getting phone calls after she passed that uh, she was, somebody in our group was communicating with her. And then another person was communicating with her. But before we start, uh, uh, 
the formal part of what we're presenting today is 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 um Cecil there he was yes. here yeah okay cool thank you I'm here yet I'm forgetting to call in the light yeah we do this we yeah we do this um little invocation do we these group souls are on the line right now, energetically. They're paying attention to us. They're paying, to eat, paying attention to each of you individually, they say. And over time, I've gotten many confirmations that that's true. And what we do is we have a little invocation to welcome them and acknowledge their presence on the line, and I'm going to give it to Cecil to do that. Thank you, Ben. One infinite creator, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and fill everyone in attendance, including those on BBS radio. We see ourselves as a flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through our solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies and anchored into the Earth. We invite our higher density friends who are service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. And we co-create a loving group energy connection for the highest and greatest good for all, honoring free will. And back to you, Wim. Star six, Wim. There we go. Okay, um, as I said earlier, Terry Brown has been the principal person that's been our liaison in communications with the Council of Elohim, and that she left her body a year ago and started kept the communication with us through various people on our calls. And one of those people is Terry Marie in Boulder, Nevada. Are you there, Terry? I'm here. Are you? And so we start off with having a, a short conversation with Terry and maybe ask her a couple questions. And oops, I'm closing the door. You hear the squeaking? Terry, are you there? Yes, yes, here. Good morning. Happy to be here. Good morning to you who doesn't have a morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, good morning to you who does. Who does? We do. We're on an earth that rotates and we go from dark to light and we go to sleep when it's dark and you don't go to sleep, do you? No, there's no need. Terry is in what's we're in what's called third density, 
And Terry is in what's called fist density. And it's a different vibrational environment. And there's millions of beings there, at least millions. Terry has an assortment of beings that connect themselves with her when we do these calls and they flood energy into our space. Is that an accurate description, Terry? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So right now, let's be open. It's a subtle energy when this happens. It doesn't knock you over the head. It's it's just a lifting of the vibration when they do that. Now, Terry, is, is Carla there? Yes. Carla, would you like to say hello to our group? No. Delighted. Delighted to be here. Hello to everyone. Thank, thank you for being part of, part of us for so long. I'm still so. Carla is the the person, well, thank you, thank you. You know, when you're young and you have a whole life in front of you, you think you're going to set the world on fire. You think you have endless time do it. And you think in terms of a long period of time, you know, to have a relationship, a marriage, children, and have a group of people around you to get up with every day and face this life on this planet. Then when you get older and you realize It's not going to last forever. It's different. And you think, have I accomplished everything I want to accomplish? What's important to accomplish? And you start looking at your life differently because you know you're on a time clock and that you're winding down. And that's going to be true for every single human because we all wind down. And then when we finally leave our bodies, we end up in a higher density. As long as we've kept our hearts open. And according to Carla Ruckert's material, 
their heart only has to be open 51%. It means 51% dedicated to love. And uh, that qualifies you to graduate. Now, Carla, are you already graduated now? Yes. And how did the how did the material in the raw material stand up to um, what you learned after you actually had the experience of graduating? How did it stand up? Well, it was quite quite helpful. Did you remember? Did you remember it? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It's, e- it's easier than you thought. Easier to transition with all Easy the information to... that I had. Mm-hmm. Great. Did you have? Did you? Did you have a lot of miraculous phenomena when you were doing the raw material? Mm. Yes. Oh. Anything. With John uh, and Jim, we all had experience. And the people from the raw group greet you on the other side and you ended up there? Oh, yes. Yes, it was spectacular. <laughs> it was incredible. So heartwarming and loving. Very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Did you meet people from the Elohim group too as well? Yes. But I suspect you have you have more you have more of a connection with the Ra group, right? Oh yes. Since I had been in touch with them, but Raheem was very uh, stronger uh energy, strong energies all around. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was different. There. Do you do the do you do work with the raw group now that you're on the other side? Um, um, not not all the time. I'm involved in other projects with other beings. Do you work with Connect. people, other people, bodies? Bodies in other places. In three, in the, on the Earth plane. Some, some on the Earth plane, yes. Bodies other in other places. planets. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you do anything with Terry now that you're on the same level? Uh, yes, yes, we quite we connect 
I think we're unmuted. You know, I'll take a moment and see, you know, our group has been following Carla and the raw material for years. And uh, it's been, it was one of my great sources of understanding and inspiration when I first got on this path. And I wanted to see if anyone in our group might have a question for you. Is that okay, Carla? Okay, yes. Okay. And understand some questions, if they're too technical, Terry and Marie may not be able to bring them through, okay? So, um, and th does anyone want to ask a question to Carla? Hey, Wynn. Hey. Who, who is that? It's Raiden. I'm on the freeway. Um, I, hey, hi, Car hi, Carla. I miss you. Um, Hello, Raiden. Maybe, uh, Hello. Oh, I love you. Hey, maybe uh, she can give me some advice or uh, let me know about this, uh, this, this trip up to New Mexico. Uh, any uh, insights? Just be yourself and uh, present present your thoughts. Uh, not too much detail. There it is. Yes, thank you. Anyone else have a question? John, um, what does it feel like being in a light body? Pardon me? What, he said, what does it feel yeah. like to be in a light body? Yeah. Oh. Describable. Indescribable? Indescribable. Words, words, thoughts, compliment. It's such a beautiful light energy feeling. It's quite, quite different from anything. Carla, did you ever did you ever did you ever come into this plane as an orb from the other side? I've worked with them, but uh, being one, no. I mean, for any for anyone that doesn't know, uh, sometimes people who are spiritually oriented have experienced these glowing balls of light in their space that float around. And when we've asked about it, it was indicated that it was 
usually an entity in a higher dimension who is coming into the earth dimension and that's how they appear when they're when they're here and many of them are from the Ra group and uh, so I was asking Carla if she had ever come back into this realm as an orb and she said no how about Terry? Has Terry come into this realm as an orb? No, it's different. Uh, the her energy is here very strongly. Uh, it's send one. She can send an orb. Several, if she wants to, but to just be. Not to be, be a reflection. Mm-hmm. What we say, a norb is not actually the being, but it's some kind of vehicle that the being being travels in. More of a um, message, a messenger. Light. Uh, Mary Marie, I'm not getting an accurate. Let's let's skip that question. Let's skip that question, okay? And Terry Marie, can you get closer to your microphone? Thank you. Okay. Is that any better? Hadn't heard much about orbs. Pardon me? Hadn't heard a question about orbs. John wants to ask a question about orbs. Go ahead, John. Is there any is there any uh difference between like say the vibration level of a blue orb from a white orb or uh or it's just still like the same level of being or you know same vibration level or can you tell me about that? It's the same vibration. Uh, colors may represent your thoughts about it. Uh, possibly from different entities. Does white have any significance? White is uh, a bit of a higher higher density. Higher vibration. Higher vibration than blue. Yes. Now, I do understand that Blue was the raw group, usually is blue. Okay? I have a question. This is Shirley for Terry Marie. Does Terry. Yeah, sure. Hi. Can Terry, like, 
with the knock appear as a spark of light? Uh, can you repeat that? It's not clear. I'm sorry. Okay. When T- Terry's greetings sometimes are with knocks, and yes. with a knock, did she manifest for me as a spark of light a couple weeks uh, ago? Yes. I was okay. Yes. I. I. And and I. I caught it. I was. Skyping with my sister, and I wouldn't have seen the spark of light, but I was looking at the screen, and my sister, she said, oh, wow, what's that? And I uh-huh. just said, a loving friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> a loving yes, friend wonderful. saying hello. Yes, that was the first that I've seen um, manifest with Terry. It's beautiful. Thank you. Wonderful that she saw she saw it too. Great. Okay. Now, let me see here if I can do this replay of a call we did with Carla in 2010, one of the early calls. And um, I hope I'm picking the right file here. Let's see what happens. Okay. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. I'm being recorded, and I'm going to mute you guys for the moment, and maybe later I'll open it up. Okay. So this is Monday and January 18th, and we have people that listen to this on the recording. So this is our live internet call um, with a conference call. And um, and this is my once a month get together with Carla Ruckert. And for those that you don't know who Carla is, or have never heard of her, um, if you read my book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, She occupies a really big portion of the book. She's quoted over and over again. And she, in 1981, had a voice come through her that identified itself as Ra. And Ra explained that this was not an individual entity talking to her. This was actually a group energy, a group soul that was, you know, if you try to imagine how this works, which I have, it's a group soul that is in another timeline. And let me, let me, okay, a group soul in another timeline. And so, there's many, and this is my take on this. Carla can, can um, trying to understand how this works in this in this realm. You have another timeline where they can just postulate and work and figure out the words to come through, and it's a whole group working on all of these words, 
and bringing them through. And where they can do it, they where it just comes through in a moment, and the person who's channeling says the words, they were all worked on very deliberately. Maybe it seems like if you were in that realm working on it, maybe you had hours to figure out each sentence, and then it comes into this realm, and it's one sentence in this realm. So they're very carefully constructed, um, and it's a group energy. And it's a huge group energy. It's not a small group energy. Maybe millions of individuals. Do you have any idea how many souls are in the Ra group? Did you ever ask that? No, no, I don't. I, I've, uh, I've really no idea. And I'm not sure that it's the entire social memory complex. It might be a large clan within the right. social memory complex. Right. It's not, it's, to do it as a, as a group. But it is certainly a group. Yes. In other words... The way the way I would understand it is there's a huge group and then there's subgroups and right, council. Was yeah. talking to Atlantis at the same time it was in South America at the same time they were talking to Egypt. So exactly, exactly. There are different clans that that uh, work work together. So when you were channeling Ra, they would have assigned a certain. Um, group to work with you, probably. Okay. Well, they had been looking, according to the raw material, they had been looking for like 200 years for to somebody find... that could actually channel the word. Uh-huh. And it was peculiar uh, and wonderful that uh, both uh, both of my research partners, uh, Don Elkins and Jim McCarty, were uh, very uh, spiritually advanced people who uh, had tremendous love in their hearts for me, uh, mm-hmm. as undeserving as I am, and uh, I felt the same about them. And we had all given up a, a great deal in order to seek. Um, that's a long story, but uh, trust me. And uh, and I think that that combination, and also they, they mentioned the fact that I was a pure person, and that they weren't mm-hmm. talking about virginity or you know, sexual uh, purity. They were talking about uh, single-mindedness as far as seeking the Creator. I was born seeking the Creator, so it's just a gift. I mean, I can't really take credit. Uh, delightfully driven. I'm delighted to be driven, but um, ever since I was tiny, uh, I, I, I have sought the meaning of infinity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's obvious to me that, um, that they have to... There's been some. There's been many times in history when people in this realm have talked to high beings that originally the first contact was kind of innocent and started out pure, and then it became like, God, I can get a lot of attention for doing this. People will give yeah. me money because I do this. This I can have power for doing this, and so it gets corrupted. And they don't. They probably have to. I would say they have to pick people pretty carefully since they've watched this occur. And well, you know, when they don't have much choice, they have to choose people that are on their wavelength. Yes. Vibrating. And take, as and take their like. chances. It has, has to be compatible. So mm-hmm. um, they can hook in with uh, people that are on their station, let's say. Right. And uh, so, you know, that's what happens is 
is if you get your ego involved and if you start thinking about, oh, gosh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say I don't know. I don't want to channel that because then the person will lose interest in me. Uh, let's just dip into my own opinions a little bit and, and answer the question because, after all, you know, I probably know as much as they do. So mm-hmm. then they give specific information or they accept fear-based questions, and, you know, they drift off the station. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they can't get the positive contact anymore, but it's a crowded universe, and a negatively oriented entity is rubbing his hands at that moment and saying, oh, good, I'll say that I'm at that contact, and they won't know the difference, and they don't. Mm-hmm. For the most well, that- part, they're the first ones they fool themselves, you know, and they don't know what happened. But you, you read if you read in, in people that you feel have drifted off the station, you'll see where they start giving more and more specific information. Uh, they don't mm-hmm. say I don't know. They don't say I can't tell you because that would uh, break the law of confusion or free will. Uh, they just answer the question, and, and the questions mm-hmm. get more fear-based. And all of a sudden, you know, they're saying flee to the country, flee to the mountains. Uh, you know, what can I say? Mm-hmm. Um, would you would you like me to give a, a slight uh, tweak to your explanation about how they come to us? Yeah, please do. I, I think I'm only postulating. I think the deal is, I think the deal is that uh, force density above works in time space rather than space time. So they have a field of time and a river of space, as opposed to our field of space with our river of time. So I think they're very flexible as far as time goes. They have no problem. It's simultaneous time to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that, that that would be the, the uh, tweak that I would give to it because I, I don't think that it's, they're on a different timeline. I think they're on a metaphysical timeline as opposed to a physical timeline. And that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the joys of, of getting into force density. Mm-hmm. So that that's what, but they have a lot of. I mean, I said they have a lot of time. They can actually work what would seem to be a lot of time to formulate an answer that comes right out of you. That's right. That's right. They can move around all they want in time. And um, the other thing is that I don't think that they carefully shape the work. That's not my impression. I think what they carefully shape, and, and I think you're totally right about how careful they are. I think they're impeccable in their preparation of the concept. Yes. Uh, what happens is there's a, there's a quite a bit of loss. Even I mean, I'm just still a beginner, and I've been channeling for 35 years, and I really want to get better. But I never come out of a channeling session content because I have gotten these infinite concepts, round, three-dimensional concepts that just have you know, so many pathways and, and byways and, and nuances in them. And then it's like I have to roll that out and then take cookie cutter shaped like words and stamp out words uh, that it's, it's, a dif- it's a difference between consciousness. Our consciousnesses are one and they are in time-space. So we are in time-space all the time. Mm-hmm. But our minds, our intellects, are in space-time, and, and they've got to use the words. So in order to to get something translatable, I translate these concepts into words. 
and I do think that I get some of it. I mean, what I get is legitimate, but I also can't exhaust the concept. I have to let it go. I have if if I if I stay with one concept too long, I lose the context mm-hmm. because I I need to keep throwing. It's like playing catch. You catch this concept ball. And then you throw it into words, and then you're empty again, and you can get another concept. And so it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like playing catch. You could get the ball, and then you could like analyze the ball and send take it to the line. You know, well, it's more intuition than than intellect. But yeah, I I think you know, it's the faculty of you that writes poetry or that sings rather than the faculty that writes prose. That it feels mm-hmm. more right brain than left brain. But that's the deal. And so I always come out going, oh, you know, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I tried my best. I gave 100%. Well, you know, and you, uh, I did the best I could. You know, the thing that I see about channeled information from high sources is that, you know, humans want to know answers in their mind. And if a source is really good, when you listen to whatever they say, no matter what it is, if you track the energy, it throws you into a nonlinear space where you start connecting with them energetically. Right. So the answer is far less important than the tracking of the energy. That's why reading channelings of high sources or listening to them can be so such a great teaching mechanism of how to expand your space because um, the linear answer that seems to satisfy your curiosity is almost meaningless, okay? But the tracking of... Now, when there's wisdom where they tell you, if you do this in your life, something will shift, that's more important, okay? Because then you can take something and use it and transform something. But just the curiousness of, like, what day will we ascend? <laughs> or um, will Florida be underwater in three years? It's like, what do you do with those answers? How does that change your life? Okay. Well, I, I just don't, I don't even, I tell people, don't ask that question. Mm-hmm. And uh, I say, instead, ask, what spiritual principles should I think about when I'm considering this question? Yes. Then they'll get an answer. Listen, we got a nice e- we got a nice email from James Stevens in Tomble, Texas, and I just wanted to say hello to you and Carla, and I'm thrilled to be here with you via BBS Radio. Hi, James. <laughs> Thank you for such a beautiful high energy email, and uh, we better ask, we better ask some of these questions. Get to those questions. Yeah. Well, you want to go first? Shall I go first? Well, I'll ask the question, and uh, the first question, Jim, let's see if there's an order. Uh, what What do you think that ascension will be like? That's the question, okay? Okay, like I said, if you want to go first, please do. Otherwise, I will start. Uh, we could flip a coin. Let you finish. Okay, I'll start. <laughs> you, could, okay. you know what? 
You're my guest. I don't know if, if it's more honorable to let you go first or me to go first, because then you have the well, last. Well, I don't know either. I, I thought you might tell have to I'll tell you what. You go first on the first one, and I'll go first on the second one. Solid, Jackson. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. All right. Um, ascension. Well, it's a big buzzword. And like most buzzwords, it has come to mean less than it should. Uh, it, there's a lot of fear involved in it. I wrote a whole series on 2012 recently on my column, which you can get by going to Carlos Niche on www.llresearch.org or www.bringforth.org, B-R-I-N-G, for T-H.org. Um, it, it was a good series. I think it was four or five parts. And it in because it probably covers the subject better than I can in uh, 10 or 15 minutes with wind here. But long story short, I believe that ascension or harvest or graduation is going to be uh, individual. It's going to be at the end of our natural uh, lives when we pass uh, from the physical and drop our physical bodies. I believe that we will then move into our spiritual bodies. Uh, probably the, uh, I think for ascension you move into the violet ray body because of the fact that the violet ray is the readout of the whole energy body. So you move into that body and you are in a place that is in time space. There is no perceivable uh, break between physical life physical awareness and metaphysical awareness. I know because I've died and come back when I was 13. My kidneys failed and I I died naturally. They didn't have anything to fix me back then. They didn't have dialysis. They didn't have medicine and they didn't have transplants. So uh, I quirked out and uh, was immediately in another place. So anyway, that's how I know that, that it's a very easy transition. It's not a difficult one. Um, anyway, after, if you have died suddenly or if you're shaken by the fact that you're, you've died, then there's a, a short healing process, as long as you need uh, to get oriented. And when you get oriented, you walk the steps of light. This is one of the nicest, most positive things from the raw material because it's so reassuring and it's so simple. Uh, angels and guardians guard these steps of life so that the values will remain absolutely true and so that no one can fall away. And each step carries a slightly higher vibration of light. And it is not seen by the person walking the steps of light where a third density ends and fourth density begins. It's the light just gets a little bit fuller, a little bit fuller, a little bit fuller, walking into the sunshine. And you walk into the sunshine until the light is so bright that it becomes uncomfortable for you. So then you stop there. And that's where you have moved in your journey on Earth. That's how much light you can carry. And if you're still in third density, then you move to another planet. But it's, it's not a painful or, a, or an abrupt move. You know that you are going to your new home and and you uh, are, you know, guarded as you go. 
So, you know, this day you will be with me in paradise. Well, it might be a third-density paradise or it might be a fourth-density paradise. Or I've often thought that some of us, some of us who are wanderers, if, if we have remembered enough, if we have lived according to fourth-density, fifth-density, or sixth-density, wherever we came from, then I think we'll probably walk the steps of light right back to our home density. So it, it, it behooves all of us to wake up and, and practice holding the light, practice living by love, practice living fourth density values. Because that is, you know, that, that ability to, to think of the creator and to see the creator in everyone and, and to, to love and offer compassion to people wholeheartedly um, is, uh, is that which will help you in your harvest because you're just trying to polarize the service to others. So, you know, you are the voice of love on this planet. You are the hands of love. You are the thoughts of love. So simple as that. Try to remember who you are and why you're here and hold the light, share the light, be the light. Um, I think what happens uh, after you walk the steps of light, say that, say that you've graduated and you're in fourth density. Well, again, there's probably a certain amount of orientation involved, uh, settling in. And you start exploring uh, all the options that you have. The reason densities are called densities rather than dimensions is that it has to do with how dense the light is with information. There's something completely different about each density's light. Each density can hold more information. It's more dense with information. Now, this shouldn't boggle anybody's mind because computers are use light and hold a lot of information. But fourth density computers would hold more. <laughs> and the, the fourth density biocomputer, our, our minds, our consciousnesses can hold more. One thing that's different about fourth density from third density is that you're you're in time space, so there's no veil. So you see all of your own thoughts, but you also see that they're acceptable. And you see everybody else's thoughts. Everybody else is acceptable just as he or she is. And so there's a harmonization that is very effortless. Uh, it's much easier to work together. Uh, it, it's not that you, your privacy goes away precisely. It's that you have no reason to hide anything anymore. Um, and uh, consequently, things really smooth out as far as interaction. And it's much easier to form clans, to realize that you have uh, an intention in common or whatever. And interestingly enough, the readings have said several times that Almost every third density human that has now graduated from Earth, and there are millions of them that have already gone on. I think they've been graduating since about 1987. That harmonic convergence really, really turned it turned it over, and there was enough fourth density light here uh, that people started graduating because third density was waning, and uh, they they almost to a man and woman come back as fourth-density wanderers. They're called the indigo children or crystal children. There are about four or five different names for them. Indigos are the most common 
is the most common term. But these kids have third density wiring and fourth density wiring. So they are far more able to deal with the interpenetration of fourth density. That's almost complete now. So um, some of them, I think the majority of them, are entities who, having moved to fourth density, look back and see the, the adhering karma from blowing up their original planet or making it uninhabitable, like Mars, like Maldek. And so they, they want to shed that karma once and for all, and they come back as wanderers to heal the planet as much as to help hold the light. I mean, it's not that they don't want to serve. They do, and they want to learn. But they also, I think, are very much oriented, loving Gaia, uh, the Mother Earth. Very, uh, very touching to see some of these young kids. They're just busting systems right and left. And I, I think that uh, they're much fuller of a balanced energy that has balanced male-female energy. Um, they're, uh, they're seen as, uh, you know, attention deficit disorder because they're not uh, dealt with properly. And, and, and they're also seen as great troublemakers because of if something doesn't make sense to them, they bust it. But on the other hand, they hold the truth. So I think we're in good hands as far as uh, the days to come. Let's see. Did I answer that question? Okay, I think so. Go, Wynn. What do you think? Are you hearing? Hello, hello. Here we go. I'm sorry. This is Lynn live, and I wanted to ask Terry Marie a question. Is she is she available? Hello, Terry Marie. We don't hear you yet. All right. She was uh, so it, muted and she just muted herself. Okay. Okay. Oh, Terry? Yes. Okay. Now, if you, if, if you can't get the answer to this question, that's fine, but let me ask it. Um, Carla is talking about graduating to fourth density on this right. interview. And yes. in current time, almost all references to graduation have to do with fifth density instead of fourth density. And I've heard various reasons why this is so. One was that fourth density got corrupted, was negative, and they made a plan to skip it. But I don't know if that's the right answer. But I wanted to see if Carla 
I'll start with Carla since we're listening to her can address this question. Yes, there was some corruption and it got to be uh, too much. Too much for others to pass through. So, just sensitive. So was was that shift from fourth density to fifth density something that was manifested by the higher group souls? The shift from fourth to fifth? Yes. 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 Okay. And um, how long has that been in effect? Um, I can't give a specific time. Let me, let me ask. Let me ask another question. Um, does that mean to get into fourth density? You do you have our service to self beings being graduated into fourth density in present yes. time? Yes. Okay. All right. That's all I wanted to ask. Anything else that you want to add to this that I'm not thinking of asking? Not at this time. All right. This is a wonderful talk, by the way. Okay? Yes. And here we go. Continuing. You're a hard act to follow. Jeez. <laughs> I want to point out to you guys, as you're listening to Carla, you can actually feel this. I can. Some of you can feel this. Feel the space in her words. And, you know, she is so used to being a transmuter of nonlinear energy and nonlinear um, space that, even when she's not channeling, you know, if you listen, you start getting to the um, trans, what's the word, uh, lifted into another space. And um, that's a beautiful quality. And that's, well, thank see, you so much, Rick. And, um, well, I said I was supposed to make you look good. <laughs> I remember when when you got off the air a couple of uh, months ago. I spent almost the whole time talking about what a great guy you were. <laughs> Did you? I guess we're just, we're just fans of each other. I should go. Yeah, yeah. I was talking I, about how skillful you are at finding ways to say uh, say things that are kind of out there in a way that that is you know listenable to by uh, mm -hmm. anybody, even an entry level person. You know, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it happens. Oh, by the way, I just got back from Hawaii, where I talked about 2012. It you was did. wonderful. It was the it was the fourth uh, Earth Transformation Conference in Kona, Hawaii, mm -hmm. the Big Island, and uh, I had such a good time. I, I presentation like that, I get to sing. You know how I love to 
it helps wake up people's right brain so they can listen better. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of burst into song from time to time. It kind of startles people at first, but then they like it. Hey, on, on, on one of our Mondays, you and I should sing together. That would be good. When I first met Carla, I was singing in her bedroom. Of course, her husband was there. <laughs> yeah, and I think a couple of other people as well. It was not an orgy, exactly, but it was an orgy of love, right? Right. I was, I was speaking at, uh, at the uh, UFO Congress in, mm-hmm. uh, was it Laughlin? Mm-hmm. Was someplace in Nevada. And uh, when uh, peeks in the uh, window, uh, I was, because I have to have a hospital bed, when I travel, uh, I had been put in a closet. It was a great big closet. It was a lovely room, but it was in the basement. So he was walking along looking in the windows. He, I guess you found out what my room number was. And, and you saw me and tapped on the window. And, yeah, this is the right room. So you came around and, and came in. It was great. So Wynn sits there, and he's uh, got his guitar with him. So eventually uh, he pulls it out, and he plays one of his songs, and I was just so charmed. And he goes, man, you actually invited me. You know, he didn't expect me to to come through with, yeah, come see me. But mm-hmm. like I said, one-on-one is my favorite thing. I said, sure, come see me. Mm-hmm. You were so, close and you just drove over. Let me, let, me, let me take a shot at this question, okay? And um, because I want to approach it from a bigger perspective. And, you know, a lot of people when they hear the idea of ascension, even that word, or even they hear the idea of separation of souls, some graduate, some repeat, just the thought of that creates fear. And so they want an answer that they hope will take their fear away. And if I try to, if one tries to approach that, guess what? It won't work because the fear won't go away. So, the first step in even considering answering a question like that is, are you worried? Are you afraid to die? Are you ready at any moment to leave this realm? Where are you? Can you, what would it take for you to adjust your life so that if it ended right now, you could have a smooth saying, well, that was nice, or feel good about it. And that is the challenge of everyone in this realm, to figure out what they need to do, what they didn't complete, who they need to say thank you to, who, what did they need to do in this realm that they didn't do so they cannot have to do it. Who do they need to forgive? Who do they need to forgive? Who do they need to apologize to? Who do they need to apologize to? Forgive, forgive, forgive. That's how you get ready. Now, I've asked questions myself about this particular topic, and I can repeat the answers to the questions. And um, in recent times, when I've asked that question, they said, most people are not going to leave this realm with their They're going to leave having a death, a natural death, and that it will be a process similar to what Carla described. It is possible to leave this realm 
with your body. It is possible, so they say. I don't know. I haven't done it. But if you wanted to leave with your body, the criteria is, and this is, I, I can't validate this. I can just say what was said in the channeling. The criteria is that all your chakras have to be open, every single one, not 100%, but more than 50%. And if you want to graduate to the higher realms, the only chakra that really needs to be open is your heart chakra, and that will ensure that you won't repeat this realm. But if you want to do it with your body, all your chakras have to be open. Now, you know what? That is an impossible task for most people. I mean, you need to have your sex chakra open, your power chakra open, your survival chakra open, your crown chakra open. And you see, as I see it, as I see it, that you have to be able to create a an energetic model of yourself in the realm that you would go to and that if you have that energy model very firmly established in another realm, then somehow your body can move through a portal and end up in that realm. But it's not going to happen in some magical way that maybe perhaps Christians would think of it. And since it's going to be out of the reach of most people, it's not worth focusing on it. It's well, the, the focus would have to be on how do I just be loving right now and keep my heart chakra open and stay out of fear and complete everything so I'm ready to go at every moment. That should be the focus, not worrying about when am I going to leave here with my body and are they coming, okay? Uh, that's my opinion about that, and that seems to make intuitive sense to me. And... Um, you know, you're going, as Carla described, that staircase. Right now, has the opportunity to to create or connect, connect with the parts of us that are beyond the veil, to connect with your energies that are beyond the veil. In fact, that's what I do on our on a lot of our conference calls or our Sunday grid healings. I do a meditation, and I think that's happening for people. They experience the energy of it, of that connection. And if you get used to making that connection, when you die, you go to what your energy is connected to. So if your energy is connected to a lot of incompleted things in the physical realm, if it's connected with a lot of desires in the physical realm, if it's connected with, God, I never made a lot of money and I always wanted to do that. I'm, you know, where you're, if, it's, if it's connected to people that you've hurt and that have hurt you and that you haven't forgiven or that you need to get revenge for, guess what? That's where your energy is connected. And that's where you're going to go. You're going to have to go finish that in a realm where those energies are. So the key to this is learning how to connect your energies 
things outside, beyond third density. And the more you do that, the more you create where you're going to go when you leave this realm. You're really creating heaven on earth. Yeah, you're creating heaven on earth. You're actually bringing those energies through your body into this realm, and you love it. You know, you're... When you when you say when one says love everybody, it doesn't mean that you're wearing your heart on your sleeve and have to go around telling everybody you love them. Love is an energy that, if you're in your heart and you're in that space, if people around you, are around you, they will feel it and you will lift them. And you don't have to try. If you start talking to them. You'll come in at the level of loving, not at the level of trying to love. And I think people miss that. They they try to be nice. And being nice, it's okay to be nice. It's like charity. It's okay to have charity. But it's far better to give to somebody because you have compassion for their condition. And you reach... And really, the, the only way that you have compassion for someone else is to have compassion for yourself. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is, is job number one for all of us, is, is simply to uh, to accept ourselves for the first time, totally, without saying, mm-hmm. I wish I were this, I wish I were that, I wish I could do this, I wish I didn't do that. Forget all of that stuff and say, here I am, all ragged and dirty, kiss me quick or I'll run like a turkey. And kiss yourself and say, yes, I like me. And, and start forgiving all of the shadow sides that that come up each and every day for all of us, impatience and anger and all those things, and just start loving and healing and accepting and respecting. And when you see a real dark shadow, say, look, I, I want to hug you to me. I want to tell you you're part of me and I love you and I'd like you to work for me. I'd like you to help me. I want you to be my determination. I want you to be my grit. I really need you, so will you please help me work for the light? And you just integrate your shadow side and mm-hmm. use all of your dark qualities for good purposes. Well, for good purposes, I'm not saying that, but the entity that can figure out a way to steal might be able to see a creative way to solve a problem that would not be stealing but would use that, that cleverness uh, to... Uh, throw everything up in the air and have it come down in a fortunate way, and mm-hmm. um, so I think that 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 is is how you begin to have eyes of love. Is the first person that you have to fall in love with is yourself. And once you've forgiven yourself for being so doggone imperfect, then when you you look at other people, and sure they're they're all a mess, they're all bozos. We are all bozos. Get over it every soul they are all part of the creator they're all you they're all mirrors to tell you about yourself just like you are a mirror that reflects to other people so when you're reflecting back to other people at the soul level then the eyes of love it's not that they don't see the imperfections but they forgive them and and it's it's much it's effortless to have compassion. You might have tough love, but there's that love. Jeez, I had a comment. Oh, 
I, I know what I wanted to say. Um, concerning the shadow side, which everyone judges, no, everyone thinks their shadow is bad and they have to get over it, okay? I shouldn't feel that way. I shouldn't look at that woman that way. I'm bad. I'm bad. No, I shouldn't be broke. I should be more loving. I remember I asked this one guy who was a channel. He was channeling, and I asked this question. I said, how do we get rid of the, sh the shadow part of ourselves? And he gave me a brilliant answer. He said, well, there's two ways to do it. Turn off the light or disappear. <laughs> you see, you, we're existing because of our shadow. If it wasn't for our shadow, we wouldn't be here. It's the shadows that make things solidify and be be aware. So everyone has got just the right shadow and that learning, you know, to work around it is and accept it. And, and just the thing about shadows is to understand how they influence you, that they can, they can be very self-serving and to have a good conscious mind discernment to say, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> You might, you know, your shadow side might say, kill that person or rape that woman or uh, anything, you know. I mean, it's okay. We, those thoughts pass through it, most people at one point or another. Somebody does you in. I've had them. You just don't act on them. You say, okay, just talk to your shadow and say, Hey, I'm not doing that this time, but you're a good guy. Thanks for bringing it up and presenting the option. That's the way we're going to work it. <laughs> but <laughs> um, you like that? Okay. Now we're running out of time. Carla's talking too much. <laughs> she has not learned to give succinct answers. <laughs> <laughs> she loves no, to be not my, not my gift. <laughs> she loves to be the center of attention and the know it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's such a big ego here. <laughs> you, you know, Carla calls herself a small medium at large, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a good name. So we have about five minutes. We have like a bunch of questions. And I'm going to pick what I think is the most the question that I think will be is the best question that has come in and came in on an email from Suzanne Reed. Hi, Suzanne Reed in Ohio. And she asks, you could answer this one, Carla, because I'm on every Monday. So let you, let your wisdom shine. And if there's any time, if I need to make a comment, I will. Does Carla believe that appreciation of the smallest of things in our lives? can raise our vibrational energy and thus help us through this shift that is happening now. How else can this be helpful to ease our symptoms during the shift? What a great question. And it's so true. Uh, there's something that Ra calls the magical personality, and Quo has actually talked more about it than Ra did because there's such a great length of time since Ra was with us. But uh, the magical personality is that personality that we achieve when our hearts are open and we set an intention to reach through the gateway of intelligent infinity into time-space to bring back 
inspiration or information from that realm. And uh, when we do that, uh, we can we can pull in that which we can't get from our intellectual mind, and we we can move into a much more deep space. And that magical personality is the personality of a priest. Not that the priest is all preachy or uh, acts out in public as a priest. It's rather, it's an attitude that you have where everything in your life is sacred. You are sacred. Your life is sacred. When you are washing out the toilet bowl, you are loving the toilet bowl. In a ritual of cleaning out the toilet bowl. And when the toilet bowl says, oh, thank you, I'd love to be clean, then you know you've made it. And, you know, when your dishes start talking back to you, when when, when you're walking down the street and you begin to feel the dance, nature is all around you and you're part of nature, and, and you, you just bec- you allow yourself to become magical. Uh, that difference is a huge, huge difference. And it, it, it enables you to focus your life and have a rule of life so that all of the things that you do uh, become meaningful to you. Uh, chop wood, carry water. We talked about this a lot. It's not a new idea. and It's, it's eons old. The priesthood has been with us. And in the Bible, it said, you are a nation of priests. Uh, we all carry the Godhead principle within us, and as we honor it, we become more and more capable of setting an intention and following through in our minds with attempting to live that. Um, the, um, the priest at the altar is invoking the personhood of Jesus the Christ in the Christian religion and calls it down into artifacts, bread and wine, or, for some, grape juice, and offers to the people that which he has brought through because of the strength of his faith in things unseen. And the people, if they also have faith, are imbued with Christ so that they walk out of that church and are hoping that if they meet somebody, that person meets Christ first and only secondly then. And that is the beauty of living for the tiny things, honoring everything. Uh, my husband, for instance, probably the most priestly man I've ever met, uh, I noticed long ago that when he turns left in the car, his wrist makes a most beautiful arabesque on the way to turning. And I asked him about it recently, and he said, oh, well, I could just see it, you know. And so even turning the wheel of the car is imbued with ritual. Um, It's not that ritual is uh, a staid or stodgy thing. It's, It's living, and it's moving, and it's dancing. But there is an attitude where you really have set your intention to bring back that radiance of being, that dolphin energy, and live that energy, not just know about that energy. 
when you imbue all of the things that you do with sacredness, I believe your life changes completely. What a beautiful answer. Thank you. And uh, best word, because I don't have time to say anything. I don't, know what I, I don't even know what I would say after that, except, Terry, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Well, thank you. You should, have, you should have interrupted us and said hello. I just remembered, where's Terry? And I said, I'll bet you she's just in the background, lurking, lurking in the background, listening. Um, so, what's that? Intently listening. Intently listening. Okay. So, listen, this is the end of our show tonight. Um, I'm sorry, all of you, that asked questions that we didn't get to, but Carla talks too much, so I have to build that okay. into, into our expectations. That we probably can only answer two questions. <laughs> and, well, I, got the, I got the other one from the side. Did you actually you, you did yeah. hit on we did hit on the answers to the other questions anyway. Yeah, yeah I picked it up. Clean it off. And Carla does not talk too much. I'm just kidding if anyone's listening and thinks I'm serious. Oh, I, do talk too much. I do, I do. But um her Whatever website is L L research. May I, may I say how much I enjoyed this talk, Wynn, and how much I loved having the company of all those who are here. It's such a blessing. Thank you all so much. Yeah. Well, I did too. You know what? You know what's good about you and I? We stand up against each other, and we're not, in, <laughs> not intimidated by each other. each other. And we love we each other. Love. And yes, we, can we, say, we can say whatever we want, and we've grown into this, you know, and then it's okay. So um, we're going to get taken off of BBS any moment. Good night, BBS, everybody. And let me stop my tape recorder. Here we are, we're still here. And uh, boy, what a beautiful session. Carla and I inspire each other. And, um, and that was a good example of it. We both become, how do we say it? <laughs> Better than we are. Not better than we are. We are that good. But um, let's just see here. Where is Carla? Um, Terry Marie, are you here? Yes, yes. That was a fantastic call. I loved it. Well, thank you very much. I thought it was pretty good, too. And... Uh, Carla, are you still here? Yes, yes. Thank you for explaining that. You listen, John. Yes. Carla, did you meet John Lennon when you were on the other side? <laughs> uh, yes. Came across each other. Was he polite to you? Yes. I would imagine he would be. Because <laughs> uh, I like to say hello to John. 
on these calls because um, he influenced me a lot. And he actually likes my songs. John, are you there? Sometimes this gets Terry Marie. Uh, um, what's the word? Overcomplicated. Uh, Terry, is John there? I know. If you can't, that's okay. John, if you're listening to me... Huh? I was so focused on Carla, it takes time to switch over to the personality. Now, you know, I just mentioned, this this is an interesting phenomenon. That when I'm talking to Terry on the other side. Are you talking to me? Were you? Who's that? This is Don. No, no, I'm talking to John Lennon. Oh, uh, forgive me. I I <laughs> I just overheard something. I have the speakers loud. I was hearing uh, what you were saying, and well, kind of, sort of. Forgive me. All right, carry carry on. We 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 ended up we we ended up having John Lennon come into our calls. John Lennon. Well, okay. Now you have Don Newsom, who is channeling right. me. Well, uh, you're channeling yourself. You're still on your side. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm on the A train. Yep. Well, nice to hear your your enthusiastic voice, Don. Well, and, thank uh, you very much. Nice to hear yours. I hope you all have a fantastic you, Sunday. Thank you. Is uh, Terry Marie? Did you get John, or you want to pass on that? Yes, he's here. Hi, John. Hello, hello, all. Now, did you listen to our call? Yes. Yes. Because, you know, I just, I thought, I know you would probably very much appreciate Carla. And since she's in your realm, you know, I still am figuring this out. Like, if I introduce you to Carla on our call, does that give you a rapport when you're off the call in some way? Well, silly. One of you would one one of you would have to reach for the other, right? But you can't sure, really talk because you all each other. you all know everything. You you both know everything in that realm. Yes, seems to me. So, in our realm, we're dummies, so you can talk endlessly about what we don't know, and we find it interesting. Yes. I wouldn't say you're dummies. Well, I mean, I'm not judging us or putting us down. I'm just saying we can't grasp the full spectrum of everything. In this realm, Correct. it's very hard to figure out what's going on, and it's becoming 
obvious to me that when you're in the fifth density, you don't have to figure out what's going on because you sense it automatically. It's part of being there. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's fascinating to talk with you all that are there because we get to hear what's going on with stuff that we can't access. And then I wonder, well, Terry seems to know everything and Carla knows everything and John knows everything. It would be hard to find interesting ways to communicate with each other because you all know everything. But yes, you probably yes. you, pro- you probably like to appreciate each other and feel love for each other. You can feel that. Yes, always, yes. Yeah. And Carla and I had brilliant conversations. I haven't played one of Carla's for a long time. So it was nice to to play that today and uh I really appreciate it, Carla. Yeah. I appreciate it, Carla, so much. Um, when we did our... One of the good things about... Yeah. One of the good things about having ongoing conversations with people on the other side and bringing them into the show is they can't die on you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Carla was my co-host for for five years, and uh, yes, and I'm going to have to play we more of well together. Team. We worked really well together, and we loved each other, and we both respected each other's wisdoms. You know, yes, it shows. And uh, you know, when I first started working with Carla. I was intimidated by her because she had gotten such a big reputation to the point of being a legend in this realm for her work with the raw material and bringing that in. And uh, I was—I thought she wouldn't approve of me in some way or another, you know? In any case... I'm just introducing you because she's a musician too, and uh, she'll love you. I'm sure she'll. Carla, were you a fan yes. of John Lennon? Were you a fan of John's? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, I like. Yeah. Love him. Now, when you were a fan of somebody, when you were in the physical, does that increase your your rapporting? In the non-physical? Yes, it helps. That's because you're familiar with the energy. Mm-hmm. Now, John, what's your answer to that? I really know, Carla. When I mean, are, are you a friend of Buddy Holly? Oh, yes, yes, we've met. 
Is friend the right word to use? Is friend the best word to use? Friend? In other words, Buddy, between between two people on, in the fifth density. I mean, can they be friends in the same way people are friends in this realm? It's different. It's, it's similar, but yeah. similar and different at the same time. Uh, the energies. Uh, these, uh, You know, I would think that one of the differences, tell me if this feels right, in third density, because we're in a physical body, we all have certain levels of neediness. And, um, yes. and in fifth density, it seems like you don't have the same levels of neediness. Do you have any neediness in fifth density? No. No. Desires sometimes. In any case, so people come together in third density to fulfill each other's levels of neediness in some, in some way, shape, or form. But that's not the primary focus of connection in fifth density. Right? Right. Right. So there has to be other focuses of attention. Maybe you come together to focus and work. Appreciation, okay. Appreciation for others and what they do. Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing, John. And we're going to go to our healing list. And thank you for sharing, Carla. And thank you yes. for sharing, Terry. And we yes. let's all radiate lo- love to those guys for honoring us with their presence. We send love to all. And let me check with Sija to see about our healing list. Um, five, We're, six, six people on the healing list. And we have about 15 minutes, right? Yes. Now, if you're listening on BBS, I'll tell you, what. why do we have a healing list? We have learned that we have a huge amount of beings on the other side who are attending this call and paying attention and looking for ways to serve those of us on this call. 
and that they have the ability to penetrate dimensions and and rearrange molecules sometimes so that something functional can become functional, which is another way of looking at the healing, the idea of healing. And so by putting yourself on this list, you make them aware of you. And in some cases, we've had miraculous shifts in people's physical um, physical stability, okay? So on that note, I'm going to turn it over to Sija. And as we do this, if you're on the line in a body, you can still participate by sending your own intention for the healing for the person. And remember there's a stipulation that these things only happen for the highest good of all concerned and honoring free will. And sometimes people have to learn something for being in a disabled physical circumstance, which means it would not be in the highest good to heal them until they learn what they're supposed to learn. And, and if you want to put get yourself on this list, you would go to this website, fill out the form, and it'll it'll appear on our list. The website is indelight.intelligent-infinity.com. Indelight.intelligent-infinity.com. And over to you, Sita. Thank you. I call in the love light of healing and protection around each and every person on this healing list, a subject of the healing list, listening to this call or listening to a replay or reading a transcript. John from Las Vegas, please put the US economy and the world economy into the love light so that it will improve so that many more people can be prosperous. 10 seconds of meditation on John's prayer request starting now. Thank you. John from Las Vegas. Please put Lauren Zania from Forks, Washington. Gloria Fernandez from Las Vegas, Nevada. Jack Smith from Kingman, Arizona. And John from Las Vegas, Nevada, into the light for them to have perfect health. 
um, if we can give 30 seconds for each, for, for the, all the individuals starting now. Thank you. John from Las Vegas. Thank you for the sovereign rights endowed upon the human race. I ask that people are allowed unrestricted access to travel anywhere in the world. I also ask that people are allowed to use virtual private networks to access any website on their computers. Thank you. Ten seconds for John's request. Starting now. Thank you. John from Las Vegas. Please put decentralized cryptocurrencies into the love light for massive worldwide adoption and for them to become legal tender. Thank you for this perfect and fair monetary system that honors privacy and is free from capital gains tax. Please help decentralized cryptocurrencies to become more accessible and easier for people to use and understand. I ask that all of the above be done for the highest and greatest good of all concerned. Thank you. Ten seconds for John's crypto request. Starting now. Thank you. Seija from England. Thank you for the love light, healing, clearing and protection that is permeating through Maui and all connected areas. Thank you for the love and comfort surrounding the people and souls who have crossed over and who have been affected by the fires. Thank you for the abundance of help and donations that is being received and for the beautiful transformation that is taking place right now that is of the highest and greatest good for all concerned. Thank you.
10 seconds for people of Maui, starting now. Thank you. Morgan City, Louisiana. Please place and surround Elaine Green of Morgan City in the light and immerse her in the sound of the audible life stream. Thank you for the continuing healing of her body that's expressing a disease. Thank you. 10 seconds for Elaine Green for perfect healing, starting now. Thank you. Just checking the top of the list. Win from Sedona is putting himself in for healthy arteries. 10 seconds for win starting now. Thank you. And that brings us, um, hold on a second. Okay, we have a few more at the top of the list. Michael from Horseshoe Bend, Idaho. I ask and thank you for the complete and total heal, healing of my eye that will give me clear and focused vision 2020 or better. Love, light and blessings. Thank you. 10 seconds for Michael's perfect health starting now. Thank you. Wynn is putting in Laurie from Sedona for a healing 
for a broken shoulder. 10 seconds for Laurie in Sedona's perfect health. Starting now. Thank you. Win from Sedona. Perfect healing of general health and circuitry system. Thank you. 10 seconds for wins. Especially the circuitry system. Starting now. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of our healing list. Thank you, Wynn. Thank you, everyone listening on BBS Radio. We love you. We will see you next week. Thank you, Wynn. Thank you, Hive. Thank you, Mary. Thank you... Sorry, thank you, Terry. Um, thank you for everyone on the call. Back to you, Wynn.